it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today is the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, the life, or half of the life of Bedlam Media, Scott. Scott, how are we doing today? Well, Sam, to continue my new tradition, it's Thursday. You know what that means. It's time for another wonderful episode of Above the Ring. And not just another wonderful episode, Scott. This one is gonna be rumbling with uh, with, ah. with with everything. Yeah, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's our go home show for the 2021 Royal Rumble. Uh, we're gonna do something a little different. Um, seeing that we still have a SmackDown to go, um, Scott and I, we're gonna just cover our. Uh, we'll probably talk about the the pay per view as a whole, and we'll give you the picks for the Rumble, but that'll be a little later on in this episode. Um. Uh, what we do want to talk about, Scott, is the biggest thing that happened this week in news that was not the stock market being overtaken by uh, hedge funds and GameStop. <laughs> and I, it's funny, when you, I think, I forgot who reached out to me about this. Maybe it was you or somebody else. I thought it was an Onion article. I right? Was, I thought it was a joke. Ladies and gentlemen. As of this week, I have as of the 25th of this week, of this month, January, WWE Network uh, is shutting down and moving over to NBC's Peacock service. What a shakeup. Vince, you want to talk about doing an actual shakeup? This was a shakeup. Well, I mean, we all know DX pointed this out years ago, that Vince does love cock. So, I mean, this only fits perfectly. So, so this is an overall... Uh, this this is a um what's the word this this is exactly what they mean by long term booking <laughs> forever it took years to get here but we are here but no I mean uh, jokes aside this is this is huge I mean they sold their streaming service for over a billion dollars with B. Like the please cue the Vince McMahon money memes everywhere. It's just so much money for the streaming service, and the fact that we we will get everything pretty much day one. Uh, three days after it goes live, it's WWE Fastlane. Um, you know, heading towards the the road to WrestleMania, and the pay per views won't cost anything. It'll be just like the network. But cheaper. But cheaper, exactly. All 
current U.S. This is U.S. only, by the way, so sorry, rest of the world. U.S. gets this one for free. <laughs> so we, whoever is a current WWE Network subscriber will automatically get transferred over to NBC Peacock and will not only get the Rumble, will get premium membership to Peacock for $4.99 instead of the traditional price of $9.99. So we save 5 bucks. The only downfall is that we have ads, so you can upgrade to the $9.99 option and not get any ads. But uh, Sam and I were talking before we started recording. Depending on where the ads are, I can live without it. I mean, I would be happy saving $5 a month. I mean, <laughs> well, especially especially if you're the ads are only showing up on the on like the documentaries and the old content, that's fine. I mean, you're gonna get your ads like Vince does during the pay per views, so right. you're not losing those. Yeah, so as as long as they're placed well, like not in the middle of a match during a pay per view. If, if you're going back and watching like an old Rumble, and you know we're. 10 people deep, and then all of a sudden, hey, that's a 30-second ad in the middle of the rumble. No, like that's a terrible place to put it. If you put it in between matches, that's better. That's fine. At least it's, it's, it seems more realistic. Keep it so, what commercial breaks used to be? Yeah. So we'll see how this goes. Um, I'm excited because there's been a few shows that's on Peacock that I, I wanted to watch that I've kind of already watched. Um, like Parks and Rec in the office, even though I just bought the office during during the holiday season, I was able to get that the whole series for it half off. So I, I physically own it. But if I get to stream it instead, I could do that as well. So hey, there are other shows too that I've wanted to watch, and so this works out. I can just add another streaming service to the ones that I have already. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Um... I was actually because somebody mentioned to me some of the content that NBC has, and I was thinking about I'm like I don't want to spend money on on that. And you know, as much as we give you know Vince crap for the the man he is, um, every so often we have to dish out the money to watch a pay per view. Yep. Damn it, Vince, you got me again. Yeah. Now I don't feel as bad. Plus, I get not only all the WWE stuff for five bucks, but all of NBC stuff for five bucks with yeah. that. We're looking forward to this. Um, this will be fascinating. The veg levels are about to go through the roof, my guy. Right. Speaking of veg levels, though, um, we have another issue on our hands, Scott, don't we? Uh, yeah. In regards to NBC and wrestling, <laughs> potentially. Wrestling. Yeah. Um, well, this is what happens sometimes. It's this pandemic and all this other bullshit. But NBC's sports network shutting down by the end of this year. And uh, everything that they have will be shifting over to USA. Especially NHL Hockey nights on Wednesdays. So this throws NXT's future up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen. If it's going to shift nights. I've heard rumors that it might just go right back to Peacock. 
and, and or, or go to Peacock and just stream like it did back on the WWE Network. Who knows? So, I mean, really can't call what's been going on in Wednesday Night War anyways because it really hasn't been. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen. Biggest downfall, I think, for USA is that we're going to get less reruns of SVU and Chicago PD and, <laughs> and all the other stuff that plays pretty much when wrestling isn't on USA. I'm just upset. Well, I mean, I I mean, honestly, like I think I've seen every episode of SVU and Chicago PD now at least five times over, because I'd like to have USA on just as noise as I'm kind of like doing stuff around my apartment, so it's it's always there. I mean, I don't I I, I, I like both shows, so I don't hate it, but having to not have to go anywhere to watch the NHL, I, I I'm happy about that. You sound like. Me. <laughs> and I mean that in regards to when I'm watching, uh, I'll put TNT on sometimes really early mm-hmm. um, before AEW. And I think at this point, I've seen the ending of The Equalizer a billion times, the end of every <laughs> Transformers movie a billion times. Oh my God. Meg. Like, but the thing is, most of the movies I see the end of, it's almost consistently the same thing. Yeah. It's funny how like those networks pretty much say play the same like rotation of movies constantly, and I know USA does the same thing. Like I think I've the worst is when Harry Potter comes on because even though I own all of the Blu-ray movies, I've seen them a billion times, but my productivity it just disappears. And even though compared to the books, the movies are trash, but I still appreciate them for what they are. So I'm completely drawn to them, and I, and I hate myself for it because I have so much stuff that I want to do during my weekends because I only have two days a week where I can actually get stuff done unless there's a pay-per-view, which is every month. So <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. My body's just like, nah, nah, Potter's on. You're just going to sit your ass on the couch. You're going to enjoy yeah. watching a movie you've seen a thousand times. <laughs> you've described my week where I've been trying to play – so I've been working on the not 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 to, not to sidetrack, but I've been working on the original Castlevania games mm. on my Switch, and like I'm just trying to play and you know especially because uh, if you haven't listened to already, Open Frequency Radio episode Gaming with Jerry is up. Uh, we're talking about doing more episodes together, and we're trying to cover more gaming. So I'm looking, trying to play more games, you know, kind of spread my horizons out. But you know, with some of the older NES games. Some of them are just super frustrating for obvious reasons. Yeah, because there's no such thing as a save point. You play until you die, or you beat the game. <laughs> well, not even just the save point. It's also the um, – what am I looking at here? Um, it's also how difficult these games were designed. Some of them are mm. almost – you know, have just things that make it more difficult just out of programming aspects, not because the game is hard, but because it wasn't programmed perfectly. So we – so, on on top of that all, I was getting kind of bored with, you know, dying in Castlevania 3 over and over again. I put on Super Mario 64, because I've played that game a billion times, and it's a fun game. E- even though I've already beaten it, and I'm kind of telling myself, Sam, don't play this, you've already played this. You're not going to have anything constructive to say if you play this again. <laughs> so, yeah. 
you're speaking what I'm feeling, Scott. Yeah, I think honestly, it's one of the main reasons why I haven't pulled the trigger and bought the Switch yet. Um, because I know once I get um, the, what was, I, I don't know exactly what like their online services, but I know as soon as I get that, I'm going to play pretty much every NES game that I ever owned on just like repeat and just get lost because I also, I never had um, a Super Nintendo or an N64 or, or anything else. Like I literally went from Nintendo to the Atari Jaguar to PS1. So I missed everything in between. So I would be like a kid at the candy store and I don't have enough time to play the video games that I own now. I have like games that I bought like five years ago that still are in their plastic. <laughs> so giving my giving me more stuff to play is is, is not gonna work. <laughs> Ladies, does he rap? No, but most of his games are still in the plastic. Oh, <laughs> really, really sad. <laughs> I love how we completely went off on a gaming tangent when we were supposed to be doing wrestling. <laughs> it's a shakeup. That's right. It yes. sells Peacock. It's a shakeup. It's the Rumble. Uh, it's a good weekend coming up, Scott. It, it, yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited. Um, like we were both just talking about, like this this past week at work for the both of us has just been. If tomorrow is Friday, over the time people listen to this, it will be today being Friday and. Oh, I cannot wait for for Saturday. I'm turning off my alarm, and oh, I take that back. I have to post my SmackDown study, which will come out Saturday morning. But other than that, I'm probably going to go right back to bed and just do absolutely nothing and just relax. And then Sunday, it's the Rumble, baby. It is the Rumble. The Rumble. Um, speaking of jobs, so actually, Alex Shelley just came out, and I hope I'm reading this right. And came out and explained why he didn't show up for Hard to Kill. I'm very interested to hear this. And this was something that kind of sh- shocked me. If I'm if I'm reading this right, um, everything from Pro Wrestling Sheet, Ringside News, WrestleZone, Wrestling Inc. I'm assuming these are all. Uh, I want to make sure I have a source. Oh, he revealed it on Twitter. So let me pull up Twitter. So I want to read this. So, you know, I think we thought he was injured. I think we were all think we were on the assumption that something actually happened and he couldn't wrestle anymore for this for the pay-per-view. Instead, he went to Twitter and said the following. I want to read it out of the horse's mouth. Hee-haw. <laughs> Wait a minute. What the hell is this? Bear with me. We have complications. It said his Twitter. So what's his Twitter? Handle, my friends. How do we not follow him? Oh, we Alex, should. that's fake. That's why, because you can't find him. Sneaky little bastard. He, he must have deleted his Twitter then, because I thought, I'm pretty sure we were following him. No, I think we are. He just, he's not like under Alex Shelley. He's under like... It's probably one of those... Hold on, I'll find it. No, I, I, I found it. It's oh, at okay. LX dollar sign. Oh, yes. So he came to Twitter and said the following. Um, most days out of the week, I look like this. I read theories about why I was not impacts hard to kill. 
um, they range from injury to illness to getting arrested to harm my family members attempt to cover it up. I am a physical therapy clinic clinician. I hope I totally butchered that. Um, physio is my livelihood and career. Wrestling is my livelihood and my passion project. At my company, due to the volume of six and injured patients, we are in care of. We modify our COVID-19 mandates as needed as numbers went up. So did restrictiveness. To circumvent the topic, I could not be at hard to kill due to my career. I respect the decision made by our company, surgeons, and doctors. I looked to him for advice and guidance, and I'm able to travel and wrestle until I am vaccinated. I took every caution I could before, but I don't feel right maintaining this duality unless I take every possible safety measure. When the vaccine becomes available, that required extra security on my end, in my com company's end, for our patients. I honestly don't want to get the vaccine so soon, but I want to wrestle very badly while I help people in therapy, so there's no option. Impact Wrestling was supportive and understanding, and as someone who doesn't have no want a contract at this point. My hands were tied. Thank you for your support, everyone. So he's still technically a free agent, and I didn't realize he had a full-time job aside from Impact. I mean, that's that's good to know. Um, it's it's nice that, you know, he's taking the safety precaution and everything going on, and his company is like, well, <laughs> maybe you should I'm actually shocked. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked he's doing a full-time gig outside of wrestling. Well, I mean... He's how old is he actually? Thirty-seven. Yeah, so I mean, he's had a great career in wrestling, and you know, he doesn't have to do this the rest of his life. No, obviously not. So, but... good, so, so good for him for you know being a, um, a clinician. Clinician—that's the word. I just—I was—I was kind of, kind of, the fact he's able to do this in wrestling at the same time. I guess that's what blows my mind. And I have a lot of respect for the guy for coming right. out and saying what he did. Um, and it worked out. I think it worked for the storyline that, ha uh, for everything that would, ha uh, is happening right now in Impact Wrestling, which we will get to very, 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 very shortly. Um, this weekend as well, uh, as you know, I'm a big New Japan guy. Yes, you are. Um, New Beginning is this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Um, keeping an eye out. There's a couple of, I'm not gonna go into the cards, but... Uh, this weekend, first night's in Nagoya, and then the second night is in Hiroshima. Actually, night two and... Wait a minute. Am I reading that right? February 10th and 11th, New Vegan, Hiroshima. Damn, New Japan always confuses me. So the new beginning starts on the 30th. Yep, three Saturday. nights, and then the next nights are the 10th and 11th. Oh, that's a big jump. That's what I'm saying. I'm a little. Is like the one that's in a couple days, like a primer for the main event, or no, no. It's actually there's not even there's not even like a there's a neverweight open title that's going up uh, on the line. Shingo Takagi's taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi for that belt. Um, there's no real title matches, except for Kota Ibushi taking on Sonata. Night 2, February 11th in Hiroshima. It's kind of very... A lot of cool matches, though. Um, I don't want to... I'm not going to, again, get into it. Um, funniest one is... Hiroyoshi Tenzan is taking on the Great Okan in a singles match. The loser of this match must retire their Mongolian chop move. Because one of them is mad that the other one's using their old move. So one of the stipulations is whoever loses can no longer use the Mongolian chop. 
oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's humorous, but I also know it'll probably be a really good match. Per usual. Thank you, New Japan. Mm. <clears throat> so, that being said, the last but not least, in terms of news, I think this is something you missed, because Scott don't take three hours out of his day to listen to podcasts. I, I work too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, at this point, everybody knows about The Undertaker on Rogan, which was a surprise to me. I think it was a surpri- surprise to everybody. Yeah. I, I ended up listening to the immediate, almost immediately, and it was a great, great, great episode. Say right now, it's worth listening to. If you haven't checked it out, please do so. Please, 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 please do so. Now, there's one line, there's a whole minute the whole minute of this podcast that seems to have been... What's the word I'm looking for here, Scott? Oh, uh, the fire starter? <laughs> yeah. So just to summarize, Undertaker made a comment about how the talent is soft these days compared to... You know, he doesn't watch the product. The talent is soft. And he and he, he said off the bat, he goes, this is going to aggravate a lot of people. This is going to get under people's skin, but whatever. I'm just going to say it anyways. He's being honest. Can't knock the guy for being honest. Great. Uh, the product is being soft back in the day. Um... How do you word it? He goes, people back, you know, back in the day, people were going into the locker rooms with guns and knives and this and that because shit could go down. Things could happen. Nowadays, you walk in the locker room and there's just video games. People put on makeup. And I kind of, you know what? I know a lot of people are giving him shit, but I kind of see where he's coming from. Even though it is, maybe it's a little harsh with the way he worded it. Um, I don't think, I, my take, and I know Scott, you've definitely you've listened to it at this point. Or sorry, you've you've heard you've seen the comments. Yeah. Um, and I know I'll get flack for agreeing with him on this one. I don't think he meant it in the way saying the way it came out. <clears throat> I just think he was talking about just that times are different. You know, back then when people thought wrestling was real. You know, there was really bad blood between people. You know, some of these people were re- in, involved with some bad, bad shit. Kind of like mm-hmm. what happened to Bruiser Brody. You know, they had their guns and their knives, you know. Not as a, because they were hard, but also because of the environment that they were in. Whereas now, things are probably, have lightened up. Because, well, that's just how things are now. You know, things are a little more relaxed and... um. Not, I don't want to say as much to worry about, <clears throat> but, and I, and I think what he was saying is that could probably reflect why the product is the way it is. I don't think he meant that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking it in a bad way. I know I'm waiting for somebody's going to chew my head off on this one. Those are my thoughts. I mean, and that's fine. I mean, a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of like, oh, he's out of touch, blah blah. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, I'm pretty sure he knows what he's talking about. Number one, number two. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, if if I, and I'm kind of like in between because I'm closer to Taker's age <laughs> than I am to. Well, actually, not really, but. You know, compared to some of the new kids, like, I can definitely understand where Tigger comes from, 
but I appreciate kind of where it's gone. It's it's better to not fear your coworkers. <laughs> I don't know. Like I'd much rather play video games with Xavier Woods than worry about getting stabbed by you know. <laughs> Yeah, anybody else on the on the older rosters back then? It's, I don't know. It's my personal choice, but I don't know. It's just he could have worded it differently. I would. I yes. would agree that. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. Yeah, if he. Yeah, but of course it's Taker. He's just going to shoot from the hip, anyways. So, but I also think he also he didn't he didn't name anybody, which is I think a good thing. I think he was just trying to he was making a vague statement. He didn't want to. He probably. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was trying to like avoid like shit talking, and and I I don't take Taker to be a shit talker. You know he's been in the business for thirty years. You know he's a very highly respectable man. Right. Um. So just Scott, we haven't even gotten to like impact yet. What are you doing? I heard that, <laughs> bro. I've been yawning since like one p.m. So don't even don't even worry about <laughs> it. Seriously, like ugh, we were talking about it earlier. Like this week. School starts for me next week, and naturally, the last you know, the last week, everybody wants stuff. It's like you had two months. Why are you waiting until the last week? Why are you waiting? <laughs> like, so, like, my steps are off the chart this week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I apologize for my silent yawn that wasn't so silent. <laughs> Well, aside from that, um, yeah, I like I said, I think I think Taker was just talking, you know, like you said, shooting from the hip. Uh, I think he obviously knows the business more than most people do. Mm. Um, everyone else needs to breathe. The world's not ending. You know, he gave his opinion. You know, every time somebody gives an opinion they don't like, they have the shit on them. Guess what? Maybe oh. their opinion, even if the opinion sucks, like whatever, get over it. Yeah, well, that's and that's my opinion. That's the I know, right? <laughs> and that's the unfortunate part about this this day and age now too. Everybody has an opinion, and if you don't like it, instead of being like, oh, "All right, I respect your opinion," even though I disagree with it, no, they call you a clown or whatever else, and they proceed to, you know, try to run you down to make themselves feel better. So we're just in a world full of bullies, and there's nothing that WWE's make a star to do. To stop these bullies. <laughs> Can confirm. With that being said, Scott, let's get right into it. I'm going to start with Impact. <clears throat> Scott, you watched all the way through Impact this week, right? I actually did not. I will be 100% honest with you. I did not watch a second of Impact because I, for the first time, Slept watched... Well, no, I watched the majority of AEW Dark because my good friend, Davian premiered, debuted against Ty Conti, and I was marking out for a good five, ten minutes during her match. So that was what I was doing on Tuesday. But oh, yeah. Yeah, quickly talk about that, you know, before we hop in the impact then. So now you got me wondering how how'd that go? The match went well. Um obviously I knew with her making a debut she would be you know, like a, uh, she'd be a talent enhancement, which obviously that's what happens. But they do it to see how well they how well they look in, in defeat. And I thought she did great. Um, 
I, I, I tried posting in our, in our uh, group chat the moment she was on for people to jump in. Uh, Mark was actually able to do it. And he's like, holy shit, she looked amazing. She made Tecante look like a million bucks. And I was like, yep, I completely agree. Um, I was watching the YouTube chat as it was going live, and it was overwhelmingly positive, which if you get over the YouTube chat, you've you've made it. <laughs> um, Mark and I both were on Twitter as well looking up um, like different responses and whatnot, completely vanity searching. And the majority of the stuff was positive too. So it's just like this is great news for her. Um, she's been a big star um in new england since you know she started wrestling um and i've i've always been like a big fan of hers i met her through her sister who i knew beforehand and once we started talking about wrestling it was just like well she's my new best friend <laughs> uh so i've been to a whole bunch of her matches and um we just shoot the shit and stuff like that and we still we still talk to this day because it's been, God, it's been years. I've been up in Vermont for three years, so I haven't been able to see her wrestle. This was actually the first time I've been able to watch her wrestle in three years, and she looks even better than ever when it comes to being in the ring. So I, I'm, I'm really excited for her, and I hope that this is just the beginning of her being on AEW um, because we both know that that division needs help. And if she's already getting over on the Internet, that's a big thing. That's huge. So hopefully Tony, you know, noticed that or the up, upper echelon noticed that and they'll give her another look. So even Ty Conti herself um, boasted for her and said, yeah, she's like, you know, of course, she's being the heel. She's like, oh, yeah, she's too good. Not as good as me, but I'd love to have another match with her. So I'm just like, all right, let's go. Make it happen. That's right. So big props to her. Congratulations. And uh, hopefully, like I said, this is just the beginning. Awesome. I love local talent moving up. I know. So it's such a great story. So off the bat, um, Impact was good. Impact was good. I actually totally forgot you were live tweeting that because I'm like, oh, yeah, he's watching Dark because of that. And then I realized that people were liking tweets about Dark. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm yeah, I'm sorry. Impact. I wasn't going to, and then all of a sudden, I was just like, "I got to tweet her matches." Like, probably, probably be like the first time I'll ever be able to actually do this, watching it, quote unquote, live. So I was like, "Shit, I got to jump on it." <laughs> no, and that's and that's 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 totally fine. Uh, but yo, in the meantime, Impact was was pretty decent. Um, opened up with uh, Champion Rick Swan coming out. Um, he called out Tommy Dreamer. Um, to, uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to summarize it. He pretty much, uh, praised Dreamer, uh, for all his influence and what he's done for the wrestling industry. And I think he's been in it for almost 30 years at this point. Nice. Um, he pretty much looked at him and goes, Hey, um, how about at no surrender? Um, you want to fight me for my belt? Wow. So, yeah, we're getting Dreamer and Swan at No Surrender. That's awesome. Think about this. This is an Impact Plus show. Talk about things that are cheap right now. Um, so far, we got Rich Swan and Tommy Dreamer for the Impact title. We also mm -hmm. have the Good Brothers taking on Private Party for the Impact Tag Team belts. Nice. Scott, we're going to be busy the next, like, month again. True, sir. That is true story, sir. <clears throat> but, uh... 
On top of all of that, um, just as he was about to accept it, they were interrupted by several people. Sammy Callahan, Chris Bay, Moose, Willie Mack came back. Um, Ken Shamrock came out. And there was a main, uh, I think an eight-man tag match for the main event. Nice. Um, following that, we had more of... Um, we had another tag match. Uh, Matt Cardona and Josh Alexander taking on Ace Austin and Mad Man Fulton. Yeah, they're really trying to. They're really pushing Ace Austin after his win. It looks like, even though he did, lo- he did lose again. Uh, both Cardona and Alexander got the pin on this one. Yes. Um, everyone looked great, and I definitely can tell. You can definitely start. I, I'm starting to. It took me a while to see what people saw in East Austin. But I'm starting to really see the star power and the value in this kid. Oh, good. Um, up next, we had the most professional wrestler, Brian Ed, Brian Meyer. I mix up the names. Brian, Brian Myers. Edwards. <laughs> Brian Myers taking on Eddie <laughs> Edwards. And actually, Myers got the, got the, he got the win this time by DQ. I did see that Eddie Edwards bit his eye. Yeah, it was almost like he kind of went heel-ish, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's going insane after the barbed wire massacre at Hard to Kill. Potentially, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I like it. It's funny. One of the articles I'm reading all the results off of, it always misses half of the promos, which is what I'm looking for. Um... We had another matchup between Rosemary and uh, Tennille. Uh, again, Caleb with a K was out there. Crazy Steve was out there. Um, Rosemary got the win on this one. Again, I'm 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 kind of curious to see where this goes. Um, I, I like that they're keeping the K together. That makes me happy. Yep. Oh, I agree. I I'm I'm liking it. I know it's only the beginning of a reboot. I don't want to say reboot, but you know, hey, if it is, here. yeah, if it is, then that's great. <laughs> uh, following that, uh, it was Fire and Flavor Fest, which was <clears throat> um, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele went out. They had a couple people out there. Uh, Falaba, Johnny Bravo, Johnny Swinger, uh, everyone was, you know, hanging hanging around outside the ring. They were just talking and this and that and da 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 da. I think Alicia Edwards was the MC, <laughs> and something happened where things went awry. But shocker. <laughs> prior to that, so. They ran up to uh, part of that. They went to Falaba, or actually, they were at the uh, Johnny Swinger had some kind of casino thing going on, and Falaba was at a poker table. He was losing his money. Like you can't come. He's like, okay. So shoot forward when things go haywire. There's a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man costume sitting there, and they're like <laughs> Falaba, we know that's you. This and that. Pulled pulled the head off, and it's Nevea. <laughs> so. Um, I think they're going to come back for a shot at those titles sooner rather than later. I'm okay with that. Uh, following that, <coughs> we had Cousin Jake taking on Joe Doring, with uh, Doring defeating Jake. 
they were gonna they, they kind of started beating up on him but at the end you know geez i feel like he's a broken record right now and it kind of works with the persona eric young's just looking at him and goes i told you this world doesn't really belong to them it belongs to us screaming this and that you know just like and then he drops a violent by design like towel on top of cousin jake and walks away Hmm. So maybe Cousin Jake joins Cody? Oh, oh, could you imagine that? I'm curious have, to see what happens with this faction. Have, have a heel Diener faction? Or a heel Diener tag team? That could be interesting. Both of them clean-shaven. and It actually hmm. bothers me that Cody Diener is, like, shaven like that. He looks... <laughs> I just I just remember my days when I had friends who had long hair and all of a sudden they cut it like that. And it's like, what are you doing? It's the big like, surprise. Like, yeah, what's going on? Don't get me wrong. I was one of the guys who cut his hair. But when I first cut my long hair off, I kind of did it where it was still kind of, you know, it was kind of like fashionable on the top and it wasn't like, it wasn't bust. Right. You know, and then I've slowly grown into having the bit down head. Which looks, you know, fucking looks nasty if you ask me. But <laughs> that being said, hey, um, bald, bald is beautiful, Sam. Yeah, most it. beautiful people on the planet are bald. What can I say? See, there you oh. go. So you're all set. So finally, we had the eight man tag team match again. Let me just go through this. Um, it was Tommy Dreamer, Willie Mack, um, Tommy Dreamer, Willie Mack. Rich Swan, and then actually to jump back again, our good uh, friend Scott Demore told him he had a secret weapon to be their fourth partner. Trey Miguel is back, so Trey Miguel was their fourth member, taking on Moose, Chris Bay, Sammy Callahan, and Ken Shamrock. With the faces getting the win on this, nice. Um. But that doesn't mean that it didn't piss off everyone on the other side where they attacked the winners. Oh, of course. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But it's nice to see Trey, you know, back in, in Impact. I know he took a break from wrestling for a while. And so it's good to see him there. I'm actually happy that he's there and, and not in WWE because I, I feel like he would get lost in the shuffle. Um, his partner's obviously doing a great you know, doing good things over now as MSK, but they're a tag team, so that automatically gives them a little bit of an edge. With Trey, I really feel unless he went to NXT with them, I think he might have gotten lost. We're gonna, yeah, let's let's we're gonna we'll touch base on them in a minute because I do have I definitely want to talk about their uh, current uh get up. I don't want to say right. get up, but the the current their 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 new their. NXT run, which has been two matches. I definitely have things I want to talk about when we get to that. Alright. But no, I thought it was an overall good show. Again, I'm like so sold on Impact. It's definitely one of my favorite shows of the week. Not enough time in the world to watch wrestling. Oh! Aside from that, something I think we totally forgot to mention. um, If anyone's watched it, let us know what you think. Uh, The showdown... The Superstar Spectacle, I believe, happened on Tuesday yes. afternoon for India. Yes. Yep. Um, I've heard good things about it. Yeah, from what, I, from what I've seen on Twitter, it's been pretty positive. So that's always good. 
um, yeah, so, you know, eventually you and I will add it to things to watch, like, you know, NXT UK and going back to NWA and maybe Ring of Honor one day. But, uh, yeah, let us know what you think, and we will uh, maybe move it up the queue, as I like to set my job. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, let's hop over. Let's Time talk about go. some NXT. Time to go to USA while they have it still. <laughs> So this NXT was literally the land of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. I think every match except the – oh, no, I'm sorry. There were two matches in this whole card that was not <laughs> Dusty Classic. Uh, so that actually – no, I take that back. There were three. It just, just, just seemed like it was just all tag team matches, which is fine. Uh, but – First one of the night was quarterfinals matchup as MSK uh, took on and defeated Killian Dane and Drake Maverick to move on to the semis. So they are completely pushing MSK, and I'm completely okay with that. Um, they, They look fantastic at the ring, just like they did when they were over at Impact, and they just, yeah, they, they look like, they look like bona fide stars already, and it's, you love to see it. They must, uh, this is what I was going to say, they must really, Triple H H must have an eye in them for a while to pretty much have them sign, join the Dusty Rhodes Classic, and win their first two matches. Right. And not against slouch teams either, so it's like... I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited. I actually really like it. It's a little weird that we're calling them um, by their other names. Um, we're calling yeah, them MSK they're, now. Their WWE names. Yeah, I still I still don't exactly remember what their actual names are. So I'll just call them by their tag team because <laughs> that's easy enough for me to remember. I know it's like Nash <laughs> Carter. Well, Wesley I think is the other one, but I don't remember who's who. So. I haven't gotten to that point yet where I completely know who's who yet. So I'll just call him MSK for now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the one thing I want to point out is I like how you mentioned how Trey Miguel would have gotten lost in the shuffle. Um, the one thing, I mean, they're definitely getting the tag team thing right. Yeah. NXT. Um, the one thing I would like to see them do a little more Maybe not so much, uh, and not NXT, but maybe WWE, because I can't say that. Um, maybe it would have worked in NXT. So, the one thing that, and, and I think you'll know where I'm going with this. Um, <clears throat> it's almost like if you're in a faction, you are automatically a tag team. Um, let's look at, yeah. let's look at, uh, we'll even say the New Day. Because even the New Day, up until Kofi won his belt. They were mostly just a tag team band, uh, group. Yep, that was it. You know, it was not even like they were a faction. And WWE doesn't seem to like like factions for whatever reason. Like, they have factions, but they don't. Like, you're either a tag team or you're like an all-singles fas- faction. Right. <laughs> and I like a faction kind of like the Hurt Business or the Undisputed Era, where it's like, oh, we're going to have the tag belts, but we can also get these singles belts too while we're at it. We're not just like right. a tag team. Exactly. I think the truest faction that all of WWE has is Undisputed Era. Because 
I really can't say that about the Hurt Business because Cedric and Shelton, they have such issues right now with one another where it, for me, it like disqualifies them as an actual legitimate tag team within a faction. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just weird to me. But with Undisputed Era, they've, I don't think they've ever fought with one another. Ever. So it's like they're the truest definition of a faction and a tag team. And honestly, with how Adam Cole, I, I won't say regress. Well, he hasn't regressed per se, but he's kind of like fallen back in line with the rest of his partners. Or I should say maybe the rest of their partners have stepped up. And any four of them, or any two of them could be a tag team. Like, look at what's going on in the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Like, Adam Cole and, you know, Roddy Strong are a tag team. And they weren't the tag they, they Honestly, I know I know Roderick Strong and uh, Kyle O'Reilly defended the belts for a while. But originally, the tag team team of that group was Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Right. And now Kyle O'Reilly is almost like in the title picture still. Despite yep, him losing, he's still one of the people up front. Yep. Yeah, it's like Cole Cole has taken that step back, and now it's Kyle O'Reilly's time to shine. Honestly, I wish next it would be Strong's turn because maybe have him try to go back after the NA title again. And who knows? But yeah, I mean, honestly, I love Bobby Fish to death, but that man right now is as durable as a wet piece of paper. So it's <laughs> it's unfortunate, but it's the truth. I mean, he's got injuries pretty much throughout his career. And once again, he's sidelined with another injury. So he's also, it's, it's crazy though. He's also like 10 years older than everyone else, too. Right. So, I mean, you know, with age comes more frailty. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, don't tell that to Tom Brady because, you know, he's the ageless wonder kid. But whatever. I digress. <laughs> you know what's interesting? I'm actually looking at the Undisputed Era's lineup. Adam Cole is actually the youngest member of that group. That's insane. Adam Cole was, he's as old as my, he's actually a few days older than my older brother. He's 31 years old, born in 89. He's still Next. such a baby. Oh, he could wrestle for another decade. He was oh. signed before he was in his 30s. Oh my God. That, you know, that, that excites me a lot because I love watching him perform. And if he's going to, well, actually, I don't know if he's going to wrestle that long. But if he chooses to, another decade of Cole? Oh, man. Um, that, that then we have Kyle O'Reilly, who was born in 87, at, and he's 33 right now. Roderick Strong was born in 83, and he's 37. And then uh, Bobby Fish, who I think is the only one with his actual name. He is. Um. Um. I thought yep, Roderick nope. Strong. Nope, Roderick Strong is Christopher Lindsay. Oh, Kyle O'Reilly is Kylie, Kyle Greenwood, and Adam Cole is Austin Jenkins. But, um, yeah, Bobby God, Fish. Hearing, six, hearing their real names. Woo, hearing their real names is, like, mind-blowing. <laughs> I'm, still in, I'm still in that, like, zone of, like, no, this is your name. I don't care what your real name is. This is your name. <laughs> that is something that has bothered me when I was – when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, and I, you know, I, you started learning that stuff. Yeah. If I had to do anything to keep it as real as possible, 
I think I would want to wrestle under my real name. And and you know, your your obviously your last name has some interesting history to it. Yep. <laughs> so I mean, you can work that as an angle. Um, I mean, it's true. I mean, if I ever wanted to wrestle, I actually had a whole different name, kind of done but i'm gonna hold that for a secret for another day but yeah it's that's me though yeah. yeah i know some people would rather wrestle with a fake name but your name actually works as a wrestling name mine does not that's why i came up with another one but yeah it's it's interesting that you say that because i could really see yours actually would really work really well well, even if I wanted to like the SLB, you know, that's only three of my four initials. Yes, I got four initials, guys. Um, <laughs> but like, wow, we are totally sidetracked today. Woo! Um, it's all right. It's all right. It's it, it's a great weekend. So this is this is this is the podcast of sidetracks. I think that's title. I think that should be the title for our for our episode tonight. <laughs> the side the sidetrack struggle. <laughs> yes, there it is. Sidetrack struggle. <laughs> We're such marks for ourselves, Sam. Oh, we totally are. I know the guys <laughs> over at Know the uh, Was it No um, Know the Ropes? Yeah. Know, so yeah, they'll be <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'll uh, get a, they'll get a kick out of this. Man, all right, let's 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 rein it back in and let's get back to this action. Um, so. The next match was uh, another first-round matchup in the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic as Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez completely dominated poor Aaliyah and Jesse Cameo with uh, the Robert Stone brand. I honestly, part of me thought that this might have been when Raquel would turn on Dakota Kai, but it didn't happen, so... That's also secretly because I want Robert Stonebrand to actually do something. It, it saddens me that they've kind of disappeared again off the off television. Um, so I was hoping maybe this would be a nice little surprise and go forward. But it's not Dakota and Raquel completely dominate excuse me, this match and move right along. After that, uh, we had Tyler Rust with Malcolm Bivens versus Dante Rios. Um, I like Tyler Rust. Uh, I don't know what it is about him yet, but it just, I, to steal the line from Michael Bivens, I really feel like he has found the diamond in the rust. Um, I think also whoever came up with that line is fucking brilliant and they deserve a raise. Um, because it's, it, I don't know. I just, when they, when they, when I first heard it, I was like, that's a fantastic line. That is, yeah. So it and it just works, and he does a really good job. I know, like he got destroyed last week. This week, Michael Bivens is back in control, getting the right talent to fight to face Tyler Rust. So, you know, he, he handily defeated Dante, and he'll just keep on going. Hopefully, in the right direction. Maybe by the end of the year, with some gold around his waist, we'll, we'll see. After that. More men's Dusty Rhodes uh, quarter action, quarter action, wow, quarterfinals action as the grizzled young veterans 
defeat Kushida and Leon Ruff to move on to the semis. Al, I know you haven't really watched a lot of NXT UK. Um, and the little that I've seen, I used to... I used to despise these two so much, especially Zach Gibson, because obviously, you know, the whole Liverpool is number one. And now that they're a tag team, they're, they're soon to be recognized as whatever champion or now Dusty Rhodes classic winners. And now I watch them and I'm just like, oh, I love me some heel tag teams. So, Honestly, for me, my pick for the finals for this whole thing is going to be Grizzled Young Veterans versus MSK. That's just my pick. But these guys look good. Ruff and Kushida looked good, looked good in this match as well. Um, but, you know, GYV gets the win. They move on. And then after that, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory come out. They attack both Kushida and Leon Ruff, but they were both saved by Dexter Loomis, who literally just popped up out of nowhere <laughs> and scared the ever-living daylights out of the way. And they they shuffled on, and off they go. After that, we had a nice little brawl uh, between Tony Storm, Mercedes Martinez, and Io Shirai. So this looks like we're going to have ourselves a triple threat match at the Valentine's Day NXT. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I want it, I want it, I want it. Watch those three just destroy each other? Yes, please. I will have seconds. <laughs> After that, yours, your favorite and mine, our resident thick boy, Ronson Reed, getting himself a little bit of uh, construction done in Swerve's house. Gets the big victory. I don't really know what's going on with Swerve. Like, he's completely gone heel, and I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of his heel turn. I, I don't like it for his character. He's he's a crowd pleaser, and I think he should stay that way. But that's just my opinion, and I know my opinion doesn't matter. But Bronson looks like an absolute monster, and I can't wait for it. Somebody also brought this up uh, last week, and I forgot about it. I'm just remembering it now. Um, there is a member of the NXT UK roster that kind of has a similar entrance as Bronson does. Does the whole stomp as well. Um, and, of course, now that I'm talking about it, his name has completely escaped my brain. And I feel like a giant idiot. <laughs> but uh, to see those two go at it in a match or even as a tag team, my God, like the splash that Bronson Reed does off the top rope gives me nightmares. And I'm and I'm I'm a larger man myself. And my God, like I thought that Swerve, like, I think his soul probably left his body for a split second after after Bronson squashed him. But, 
But yeah, I mean, I love the what they're doing with Bronson Reed. Uh, I love the the slight change in in character, how they're delivering him. His Titantron is just amazing. It's just I don't know, like he's got star power written all over him, and I I hope that eventually it turns into title runs with him. But but yeah, and after that. We had our main event. It was Finn Balor teaming up with Kyle O'Reilly to take on and defeat the NXT Tag Team Champions, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. But, of course, no good things go unpunished. After the match ends, Pete Dunne shows up, starts to attack Finn, Oni and Danny join in the fun. Rest of Undisputed Era comes down, chases them away, and then, Sam, we had the moment. And I lost my damn mind when this moment happened, and I'm pretty sure you saw it on Twitter as well. Oh, I I, I know exactly what moment you are talking about. We have the three members of Undisputed Era who are still active, standing back in their three... And then you have Finn, who's a little ahead of them. And then what does Finn do? Finn backs up until all four of them are are in a row. And then all (laughs) Cole and O'Reilly kind of turn, look at Finn. Finn kind of does the slow turn towards both of them. Little nod. And then he backs out and backs away. And I'm like, no. My God, Sam. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. if Finn joins Undisputed Era? I'm like, don't tease me. God. This this is is the second time they've done this to us now. This is... it's, It's interesting because this is the... This is the closest thing that, and I hate playing the comparison game, but I'm going to do it. Fuck it. Um, do it. This is the closest thing I think WWE has the Bullet Club right now in terms of being like one of the best factions. And obviously Finn being the founder of that club and then Adam Cole being a former member. Uh, if you want to – Bullet Club is a great example of a stable that can keep going and be relevant over time. Undisputed Era has proven – the same. How right. long have they been a thing? Um, 2017 now? Is that four years almost? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I will I will never I will never forget the day, especially when Adam Cole appeared, they attacked Drew McIntyre after he just wins the NXT title. And oh the whole his first Adam Cole baby in front of all the crowd and just like top I'm three getting, debuts getting, of that decade. I'm getting chills right now just just thinking about that again in my head. And even just like just crowds in general. I love them. I miss them so much. But you know I, what that particular pop and oh. as, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I loved when John Moxley showed up at AEW at Double or Nothing, but I think I might like the Adam Cole one better. Well, it's because people were unsure where he was going. I mean, he, he, I think, what was it? He died on being the elite, like, maybe, I don't know, a week or two before he appeared. 
people weren't sure where he was going. And they had hoped, but they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to assume. But I mean, yeah, when he, oh, what a takeover that was too. Well, especially at the end, I just, I will never forget it where, because I think it was like, he came in, he kicked the, you know, he did the super kick, attacked Drew McIntyre. Then he starts doing the, you know, I think it was like one of those post-show things. He starts like backpedaling, backpedaling, and you hear the crowd start screaming Adam Cole, and everyone's screaming Adam Cole, and that's, and eventually everybody starts screaming it in sync. Yeah. And then he sits there, stands there, wait for it, he bends down, he does the thing. Oh. And I just, I, I just, yes, for me, that might be my favorite debut of the past 10 years. Yeah, that was, Fight it me. was, hmm. <laughs> the only, the only pop I think that might rival that, and depending on how you look at it, for me personally, I would actually put right above this would be in 2016 when AJ Styles first debuted, because I did not see it coming. I lost my mind. And that doesn't happen often anymore. Like, just completely lose it. Like, I, I was having a fit. I was with, <laughs> I was with my ex at the time, and, and she had watched wrestling when she was younger, like most people, and then kind of fell away from it. Um, but she decided to give it another shot. And when that happened, like she couldn't understand why I was so excited about it. And I tried to go through like the laundry list of stuff that AJ Styles had done in, in Impact. And she was just like, okay. And I'm just like, but oh my God, it's AJ Styles. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was, oh my God, I was freaking out. Uh, the Adam Cole one, I, I too was, I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy he's here. He's going to do amazing in NXT. It's going to be, it's, oh my God. But yeah, for me, those two would probably be my top two. Um, trying to think of other really big debuts. Drew's was pretty big. Keith's was good too. Samoa Joe's. Samoa Joe's. That was another good one. Mm. Trying to think. Oh, Shinsuke's. Shinsuke's a big <sighs> deal. Uh, I was so sad because I was in Dallas and I didn't go to the NXT and. I should have, but oh well. I went to that WrestleMania, so I won't complain too much. <laughs> but oh my god. Oh, there's been a lot of great debuts in like the 2010s. And I hope that we get some really good ones in 2020s as well. So. But yeah. Good NXT. Probably give it a good solid B-. minus. Um, a hefty upgrade from Raw. If you didn't listen to my Raw review, warning, <laughs> show was not that good. Um, but I'm really hoping for a, a great turnaround for Saturdays for uh, for my uh, SmackDown study. SmackDown has just been far and away the better show on the main roster, um, and I don't understand why. I really don't. The talent level is pretty much equal on both so shows. I, it has to be creative or what, but it's just, it blows me away just how terrible Raw can be and how phenomenal, no pun intended, SmackDown can be. <laughs> 
I don't get it. I really don't understand it, Sam. Oh, uh, yeah. I, especially since it's supposed to be the lesser brand, you know. Right? Yeah, exactly. This is supposed to be the, the developmental brand, which stopped being, like, I don't know, three years ago. And, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, they probably would have won Survivor Series yet again. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, just so... I don't know. I don't know. We could talk about this all day. I know, because that's what we do, Sam. I'm going to have like a, you know, you talk about having a two-hour podcast. I'm pretty sure this one's going to be at least an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, looking at my, uh, looking at everything right now, it looks like yeah. we're going that route. Sorry, yeah, guys. We are. It's okay. It's wrestling. It's Royal Rumble weekend, folks. It's, we have plenty to talk about. And don't, and if you, you lucked out that NXT TakeOver isn't happening this weekend. Oh, my God. Okay. We'd have, po- oh, my God. We'd have podcasts <laughs> coming out of our ears. Ugh. Maybe we'll eventually have to switch over to like a YouTube video or something. I don't know. We really, uh, that's true. I mean, we could see our ugly mugs and be like, hey, look, we're wrestling fans. <laughs> yeah, you can see my uh, dungeon. I mean, not really a dungeon, the office. Yeah, people can look at all my clutter. <laughs> yeah, just slightly turn the camera so they can see that delicious amount of music you have behind you. <laughs> yeah, I should because it's funny. When I do do meetings, my job doesn't see that. What my job sees is it sees the the, the stack of boxes behind me with like documents <laughs> and extra stuff, and I'm like, oh, it looks like crap. But anyways, they, they see the office side of of Sam. They don't see the fun side of Sam. I've oh, seen the... before we jump ship here, Scott. We forgot to talk about the probably the the thing I had to message you about that had chills down my spine. The promo, Scott, about Imperium. Oh, my God. And Alexander Wolf being like, you know, Imperium is better as a you know, as a whole, and my coming here is only the beginning. And when they said that, they showed a big man whose chops can be heard around the world on the screen Get doing the choppy thing. things. Doing choppy things. <sighs> Scott. I know. Walter. I know. Comes. God. Oh. 2021 to NXT. I just, I want to see Walter and Finn. I want to see it. I, I, want, I want to see it. What put, both ti- put both titles on the line. Do it. Give me your double title champion. Oh, my God. What about Walter and um, Killer Cross? Gary, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Mm. And they missed out on Keith Lee. Don't forget that. Oh my God, I know. Oh, oh my God, oh, Sam, Keith Lee, and Walter. Oh, well, I mean, you know that you know Big E would be all over that. You know, two big men bumping meats and all that other stuff. So <laughs> it's oh my God, yeah. The the matchups alone, like I, I, I'm pretty sure like Walter will cave in half the chests in NXT and Christ. Oh yeah, and also. <clears throat> We, we, we talked about Undisputed Era being the perfect faction. I had completely forgotten about Imperium because they haven't been a four-man faction in a while because we've had, you know, the tag team here and then Wolf and Walter were stuck over in Europe during, during, during the plague. So, and now they're just starting to do stuff and now Wolf's over here. 
how long before Walter shows? Maybe, maybe Valentine's Day. What, what a massacre that would be. <laughs> Those of you who know, know. But <laughs> it's just, yeah, big things could be happening. I'm doing like a fat kid staring at cake right now. It's all Don't right. Me. That's okay. I understand. Heavy breathing has intensified. <laughs> Sam, Sam is that cat meme now. <laughs> but all right, that's 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 enough of the patriotic channel. Let's switch <laughs> over to the explosive channel and talk about nitro. I mean, uh, nitro. Yeah, pretty much right. So yeah, we had a it was pretty pretty decent night for dynamite. That was not intended. That was a great um, rhyme, sir. I'm just uh, I'm just uh, I'm just a match master at rhymes. Remember, next week we have the beach break. Um, <coughs> a lot. Looking forward to next week. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Scott is contagious. It's it's fucking contagious. I know the yawns, the attack of the yawns. And actually, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, maybe we can quickly go through this. I don't want to pick like I don't want to sit here and be like, oh yeah, those are the re-. so the rewards happened, I guess. Um, and I'll quickly just go through the winners on this one. Um, uh, this was just before dynamite. Um, number one. Best moment on the mic was Cody. Uh, winner was Cody Rose accepts dog collar match. Biggest surprise of the year: Sting's debut. Mm. Um, breakout star that is male is Darby Allen. Granted, he went up against John Silver, Eddie Kingston, and Orange Cassidy. Any of those guys, I would have ex- taken. I would have accepted. Right. Um, breakout star female was Hikaru Shida. Obviously, the. Uh, Again, another field and a J take on big swole Penelope Ford were all up as well. Hmm. Uh, for that, um, biggest beatdown goes to the inner circle jumping Orange Cassidy. Hmm. Um, high flyer award. You want to guess this one? I think you can guess this one. <laughs> I can only imagine. I won't guess because I'll probably get it wrong. Right, right, but... Phoenix. You got it right. Okay. Um, yeah. Hardest moment to clean up after. <laughs> This was an interesting one. Uh, the parking lot brawl. <coughs> yep, I could definitely see that. <laughs> uh, biggest what the fuck moment. Kenny Omega wins the AEW World Championship and walks out on AEW. The LOL award goes to the Young Bucks kick MJF into a pool at the Rock and Wrestler Rager last year. Ah, that's right. Best Twitter follow is Nyla Rose. Interesting. Hmm. Leech Report pay per view moment of the year is the Stadium Stampede. Really? Really? Interesting. Um Yeah, and that was those were the awards. I didn't I didn't I didn't get to take a look at them. I was kinda like you know, not that I don't want to knock award shows down, but I kinda I don't really have a thing for award shows. Right. You know, I'll use it's it's just not your thing. Yeah, it's not my thing, Scott. We're bringing it back. That's right. (laughs) Um so, anyways, uh, we kicked off AEW with, with. I was surprised this was a kickoff. Um, Lance Archer took on Eddie Kingston, Ugh. and boy, I'll tell you right now, this was a fun beatdown match. But it especially was. after that ending, it's mm. not over. No, and I'm so happy for that. You know, 
Um, for those of you who don't know, um, pretty much uh, the ref was dis- um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, distracted. I forgot he got distracted by, but uh, Allie came, gave Kingston. I believe it was like some kind. It was like almost like knuckles. Yeah, it was um, a weighted. Yeah, weighted knuckle. A knuckle duster. They. Uh, this article. Yeah, that's right. Knuckle duster. That's right. Um, clocked Archer and pinned him. <clears throat> Not how I thought that was gonna go, but logically speaking, to beat Archer, that was the way they were gonna go if Eddie was getting the win on him. I felt. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. He had to cheat to win. Um, it only made sense. Did you see the mark on Archer's face though? After that. No. Like, it was legit. Like, he hit him, like, legit. Like, half his face is, like, bright red, bruised already. So, Kingston really smacked him. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm excited for that rematch. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that might, that could potentially be feud of the year. Yeah, if they're gonna just destroy each other like they like they did in this match, yeah. And don't forget, Pac is still involved here. It's true. Well, Pac has his own beef to worry about too. But that's what I'm saying. Like we, you know, Pac is technically in this whole. He he's he's not with Archer, but he's against Kingston. Right. Enemy of uh, thy enemy is my friend for now. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm look. Oh man. <clears throat> I um, this is this is gonna be fun, especially with Revolution coming up in uh, about a, I think a month from today. Um, I, they I think, they, which is well, weird. They pushed it out. It's May seventh now. You mean March seventh? March seventh, May seventh. Oof, that's really pushing it out. But yeah, March seventh. It's just, I I found that weird because I thought it was the end of February too. We might have just looked on the uh, the date wrong. Um, oh, wait a minute. After moving in the event to March 7th at the conflicts. Oh, I had to do, I guess there's a fight. A boxing fight, I think, going on. Ah. Which is scheduled the 27th. And interestingly enough, this will be the first time that AEW is actually on a Sunday. I'm seeing that. Wow. Jeez, we're going to have to watch AEW on a Sunday. Which isn't bad. Sometimes I prefer a pay-per-view on a, on a Sunday. Yeah, it kind of ends, like, ends the week on a high note. Not just that. It's like the thing with Saturday sometimes is like we have to like split your weekend up. Yeah. So if you if you want if you have to do something all weekend, you can't. You got to split it. You got to be like, oh, OK, I guess I got to do this. And then by this time, I got to watch the pay-per-view, do yeah. the podcast. But at least with like post, you know, paper, um, things on Sunday, you know, it's like, OK. Um, I got my whole weekend. This is how the weekends end, and that's that. Yep. <coughs> awesome. That's interesting. You know, now you now you point all that out. Um, up next we had the Inner Circles tag team, uh, Jericho and MJF taking on the Varsity Blondes, and I'm going to tell you right now, I was I was quite impressed with um, uh, Pillman Jr. and uh, Griff. Actually, Griff looked pretty solid. He did. Um. This varsity blonde shtick, I don't know how long that's going to hold up because it seems very old school and very like, okay, you just try. Uh, well, you know where this comes from, right? 
um, Pillman's father's the Hollywood Blondes. Correct, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Um, and it's funny. Like, every time I see Pillman Jr., it reminds me of his father. Like, he like looks like his books. father. Yes, and it just it throws me every single time, too. Um, I also have to laugh at how this match ended um, with, I think it was Pillman jumping off the top rope, getting immediately, like, destroyed by the Judas effect. And then Jericho could have pinned him right there. But no, because of his <sighs> trying to find the right word for how terrible that lion salt was two weeks ago, he hits a picture perfect lion salt this week. And as the ref's counting to three, the camera's focused on Jericho. And Jericho has the biggest shit eating grin. I have seen in years and it's just like a big old fuck you guys on the internet for thinking I can't do this anymore. And I just sat there and I just laughed for a good five minutes. I was just like, you know, that's something that he would do. And he, yeah. I mean, I was one of them. We talked about this last week. Like maybe he should stop doing that. I mean, he's considerably, you know, little larger than he used to be and a little older and nearly broke his neck two weeks ago. And then he goes and hits this one that looks like he's, you know, cruiserweight weight again, flying across the ring. And I'm just like, all right, well, shit. Nobody's stopping you. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought that was, that was highly entertaining. Uh, but the match, like you said, itself, some good stuff. Hopefully, because um, I don't believe that Griff or Brian Jr. are actually signed to AEW. Let me look. I'm actually kind of curious. Because I'm, because I, at least, unless things have changed, Brian Pillman was a big part of MLW. And I believe uh, Griff was also there too. Pillman, yes, Pillman is still signed with MLW. Okay. As so for he's Griff, just... I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe Griff might be, I don't know. But, but even still, it's nice to know that they're continuing to let, you know, Pillman Jr. wrestle even on Dynamite. No, not technically being signed with the company. I think they gave him some kind of, like, deal where they allowed him to... Because uh... I believe he's a champion over at MLW of some sort. I don't know. Like, <clears throat> it's another, another wrestling show I'd love to watch, Sam. But you don't know how this works. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I actually have a list of a few of them. Um, we can talk about this after the show, because if I start talking about MLW... <laughs> this will be a four-hour podcast. <laughs> it would be. Um, <clears throat> so that being said... Um, following that, we finally got Cody Rhodes to respond. <sighs> To Shaq. I thought Shaq would actually be out. <coughs> um, out on the stage for this. Guess not. Which is fine. Um, but damn. I'm this is this is this has me amped. See, I'm not really one for celebrity matches. It's 
I don't know, my personal opinion, like when WrestleMania does it, it's literally like it's the bathroom break match for me. Like I just I, I don't care for it at all. It's just like I understand. It's WrestleMania, it's mainstream, it's you know, you're supposed to get more eyes on the product. I understand the point of it, but it's like unless it's someone like you know, Pat McAfee or Ron Rousey, who surprises us and has like match of like a lifetime. Most celebrity matches, I'm just like, next. Can I fast forward through this? And I feel like for me, I, I feel like this match could be a nightmare for AEW because Shaq's number one, Shaq's old. <laughs> I hate to say it. Um, because I love Shaq when he used to play in the NBA. But I really hope that they focus on both Jade and Red Velvet. I really hope they do, because I don't really think that Shaq can really, you know, progress in this match. Cody will obviously have to carry him the entire way. So, I I don't know. I'm still on the fence when it comes to this match, but please explain, please tell me your hype. I want to, I want to hear it. Maybe it'll help change my mind. I don't know. Well, no, I'm, you know, I'm part of, part of, part of my appeal to this more so has to do with the, I guess the, I don't want to say publicity is not the word I'm looking for here. Um, more so the, I, I almost feel like there's a little more legitimacy that they're able to get some of these, uh, out of wrestling celebrities involved. You know, it almost feels like it's like how often does impact have celebrities on its programming? If ever. Maybe back when they were with like NWA. Maybe. That's amazing. But I, I honestly like I haven't watched it consistently enough to really to really I, give you a full I, answer on that. I feel like it gives it some legitimacy, and I'm not saying you know celebrities make everything, um, but in terms of like, you know, okay, you have Shaq, you had Sammy Hagar, you know, endorse the Sammy Hagar tag team, you know, you had you know all these, you've had celebrities come in, you know, uh, Jane Silent Bob, the first first and Dynamite, um, you know, stuff like that. I think it, for me, it kind of. It almost it it brings up the to me it brings up the value a little bit like oh this isn't just another wrestling company who's gonna you know tank you know there's some there's some real backing behind this um and I'm and I'm actually yeah like you said I I really see that they uh they're pushing Jade probably more than Shaq and I want to see what Jade can do. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Shaq's going to be a one-and-done when it comes to this. I know that Shaq's wanted to do wrestling stuff, and I know he briefly was in a WWE match, I think actually during Under the Giant Battle Royal. Actually, I think it was the one in Dallas that they went to, that WrestleMania. I think he was in that match. In the bathroom um, before the pay-per-view started, huh? Yeah, well, you know how that works. <laughs> um. But no, I mean, like, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying with, like, the legitimacy and stuff like that. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just, 
maybe just more of a wrestling purist when it comes to that. Like, I like wrestling being in its own bubble. Like, it's, I don't know. To me, it just, if you're going to be a celebrity after you leave, that's one thing. But if, I don't know. I feel, I don't know. It's tough for me to explain this. Well, okay. So I don't, (sighs) let's play this out. Okay, Scott, let's put this out. All right. If Shaq goes in here, yeah, and this becomes a tag team, but it more puts focus on the women, I'll be super excited. Especially yeah, all... yeah. It's kind of like, remember back in the day, oh, man, I'm going to go WCW here, when uh, Dennis Rodman was involved. Not so much when he wrestled, because, I mean, that probably shouldn't have happened. No. But, you know, when you... <laughs> or even let's talk WrestleMania 1, where you had... Cindy Lauper coming out with um Wendy Richer. You know. Right. But she was just there. She wasn't she wasn't wrestling. Yeah. Like, no. I would have more of a problem with Mr. T because he's not a wrestler. So you know, I mean the match ended up being fine for what it was, but it was that's one of those things that kind of irks me a little bit. It's just like you're not a wrestler. You you shouldn't be there to wrestle. You should be there to, you know, be an enforcer on the outside, cause a distraction, you know, like Mike Tyson. Perfect example of what a celebrity should do at a WrestleMania or a big show. Be an enforcer. Don't get in the ring. Don't do anything during the match. Come in afterwards, sure. Knock out Shawn Michaels? Absolutely. Tear off your shirt and have a Stone Cold shirt underneath? Absolutely. That is how you should book celebrities when it comes to stuff like that. I, I will fl- I will I will die on that hill that that would probably be the best way to to book a celebrity for a wrestling show and and I I, I can completely I, I can completely agree with that in a lot of points granted I would argue maybe I don't know uh, I you know, not not saying he should have been involved in the match but in, if you were to pick anybody to you know out of any of those celebrities we just mentioned to wrestle it probably would have been Mike Tyson. Because, you know, he's a fight. I mean, you know, wrestling and, you know, boxing is different. But, you know, still kind of some very similar um, similar basics, you know, similar goals in, in their retros- in their in their sports. Um, but aside from that. You know um, what he should have done? What? They should have put him in Brawl for All. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I had, I, I had to bring up Brawl for All again. <laughs> um, so, but no, I mean, I can definitely see where you're coming from. But I think at that time, I think he was still like, was he undefeated still back then? Like in the boxing ring? So that's probably the main reason why they didn't have him get involved in a more physical manner because he was still undefeated. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 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 absolutely. I think the way he played his role in, you know, the Austin Michaels match was perfect. Yeah. Um. From from what I've from what I remember watching. Um, yeah. I know, you were like I don't know five, but that's beside the point. <laughs> uh, ninety eight. No, I wasn't. No, 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 no. no. I was like ninety eight. Hold on. I was seven turning eight. I was like eight the following month. <laughs> no, I did that wrong. That was ninety eight. Hold on. <laughs> No, it was six turning seven. Sorry, I was fourteen, Sam. I remember watching that match live. <laughs> One of my old coworkers actually was at that mania, and he said when Austin <sighs> pinned Michaels, he said 
the garden had never seemed so, you know, the garden had never seemed louder than that moment. Yeah. I would, yeah. Yeah. Granted, my parents saw Hogan back in like the late 80s, and my father thought the garden was going to collapse. <laughs> yeah, at, at its heyday. Yeah, absolutely. My goodness. <laughs> but speaking about debuts, um, Hangman Page took on Ryan Namath. Um, which this is how out of touch I am, Scott. Um, so at first I saw somebody post that post something about Ziggler's brother. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. I'm like, Oh, okay. I mean that, yeah, it looks like Ziggler. Sure. Whatever. Thinking that was like a joke. And I'm like, wait a minute, did Ziggler leave and did he sign? <laughs> and somebody actually had to tell me, so this is, I stopped watching wrestling around the time the Spirit Squad got involved. Like, like that, when I was in middle school, that's when I stopped. And it wasn't because of them, but that was just the time period. Um, didn't realize who exactly this was until that moment. <sighs> not a bad debut. No, not at all. Um, yeah, I, I also have to love the uh, the love that Ziggler actually gave to him. Um, his tweets revolving around it was great. Like a, whole, a bunch of like cease and desists and like the eyes like watching and people were like posting on it. Oh, you brave soul. Oh, WWE has come to the you know, terms of the release of uh, Dolph Ziggler. But, you know, yeah, it was, it was great to see him show, um, some love. It was pretty cool. But like, it was what, what I, thought was actually really funny is that he even did some of Ziggler's like moves and gyrations. So I was getting a big kick out of that. I was watching that. I was just like, oh this is this is great. <clears throat> no, it was good. It was, you know, it's good to see I don't know when the last time we actually saw Paige in the ring besides last week. Um yeah, in a singles match, it's been a while. It's been a while. But it was cool to see him again. Um Kind of you forget how much star power he actually has to talk, you know, in terms of being like the up and comers, I guess, you know, not being like the established. I mean, he's established talent, but you know, compared to like, you know, Moxley, Bobby, Omega, et cetera, et cetera. If, if you think about it, like, yeah, like uh, probably like Moxley and Omega would be on the upper echelon. I would probably put Paige in that next level right below it. Oh, like, yeah, he's, he's gonna he's, be a champion. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. He's there. But what I found really interesting about this whole thing, and I did not get spoiled by this, Matt Hardy being out there cheering on Paige. And then the whole interview after the match, Hardy talking about how Adam Page dresses by himself in the hallway, doesn't, you know, kind of alienated himself from the you know, from the rest of the the, the talent and how he offers part of his huge locker room that he, you know, in his words, uh, for Paige to use. And I'm just like, wait, is Big Money Matt trying to recruit Adam Page? Whew, that could be interesting. But I want to see where this goes. And I'm sad that the Dark Order just kind of, like, seems like they just gave up on him. No, 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 no. Because uh, now, 
<laughs> I forgot how how important watching Being the Elite was because I had to watch Being the Elite this week. Oh uh, no! See, this is what happens. I need so, another thing. I need to start watching that. I so don't have the Dark it. Order had a meeting on Being the Elite, and John Silver came up with a brilliant. John Silver and Colt Cabana came up with a brilliant idea of what might make Adam Page want to join the Dark Order. <laughs> you know what that is? What is it? Please tell me. A slumber party. I saw tweets about them having a slumber party. I was like, what is this nonsense? What are they talking about? And then oh Al, it's funny. God. During the whole bit, you know, you know, they're going, oh, yeah, we did it. No, um, Anna Jay's just sitting in the back the whole time. They all, they all pretend to pick up their phones. Alex Reynolds goes to Colt. Hey, Colt, this is my mom. Huh? Oh, hi, yeah, Alex's mom. Yeah, this is Colt. Yeah, we're going to have a sl- – I was wondering if he could stay over. Yep. No, no, I'm gonna. Ma- we're going to stay up late. Yep, don't worry. I'll make sure he's going to be fine. Okay. Yep. Va- it, I'm just like <laughs> – Oh, damn it. I need to start watching that. I don't know. Like, Mark, our friend, has been telling me for months and months to watch Being the Elite. And I just, I just don't, I haven't had the time. And I want, now, now, of course, because the way I am, I want to go back and watch it from the beginning. And it's like, I need to dedicate, like, an entire day to get caught up to all of this and it's like well you only need a week not a day but sam you you forget the amount of stuff that i have to do so i'd have to dedicate an entire 24 hours to to do to do this <laughs> but that's what i'm saying even if you dedicate it there's a lot uh, not I consistent know. like i know of, some of them are I like an hour told. long wait are they really there's a couple of them that are jesus <laughs> I need to I need to do something to catch up to this because like especially since Brody has passed, it's just been I've missed so many little jokes, but watching like his tribute show, it completely caught me up to speed with some of the stuff that they've been doing. And like I would have had no idea what the whole papers thing was about if I didn't watch that that tribute. And oh, it's like either. Yeah, and it's like I'm sad that I don't have enough actual time to watch all these things consistently. Um, another just... one is um, actually, <clears throat> I didn't realize she was still. Yeah, she does. She does is on dark. Uh, Chris Statlander on the last episode, I think, kidnapped uh, Jungle Boy, <laughs> and like, like she just walks by and she goes, "You're abducted." Grabs him and like walks away with him. <laughs> and then it cuts to a different scene. Um. So like it's just little things and weird things and it just it's just it's just fun just fun to watch. But speaking about Jungle Boy, um, took on Dax Harwood one on one. This match, ah, amazing! I loved it so much. Uh, this this had both wrestlers were at the top of their game. Both of them looked great. I like how Luchasaurus was. Freaking handcuffed to both Tully and um, in cash. Yep. And they could just. And not to say I don't like good storytelling, but there's not enough matches where there is um, no interference. Yes. Like this was a fantastic one on one matchup. 
like like you were saying, like with Cash and Tully being handcuffed to Luchasaurus multiple times, they try to get involved, and Luchasaurus is just like, nope, eats <laughs> them back into their seats. <laughs> it's just, uh, and then of course when the tide turns, Luchasaurus tries to get up, and you can see like Cash and Tully struggling to pull him back. <laughs> it's the little things, the little nuances, is just like, God damn it, I love professional wrestling, and it's just. Oh, the match was just so fantastic, and Jungle Boy getting the win by submission. It's just, yeah, like this is a career-defining match because Dax is, I've been singing his praises for for years. Uh, I've been a big fan of his since way back in his early days in NXT when he was part of the mechanics before (laughs) the revival before, you know, after everything. And it's just... And you and I were at that... We were at that, um... We were at that takeover. Mm -hmm. Authors of Pain, DIY, and Revival. Yep. Outstanding bout. Yeah. Getting sweaty thinking about it. (laughs) So yeah, uh, it, this this was this was huge for his career. Um, you know his 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 dad was was smiling down on on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, following that, uh, Doctor Britt Baker continued her destruction against uh, Shanna, uh, beating her with the the lock jaw. Mm. We, I, I get weird mankind vibes with what with this move for some reason. Well, I mean, it's essentially the end of a claw. I mean, that's yeah. exactly the pressure point that he that mankind used to use. So, I mean, it's only fitting. And of course, since she's a dentist, she already works in the mouth. It's perfect for a finisher for her. Allows all the COVID bacteria to get into Shanna's mouth, and you know, well, do that, it that's why she wears the glove. So you know, it protects. No, no. Her. What I'm saying is, she puts the glove on so she can open her mouth. The COVID germs get in there, and then it hurts Shanna. But you know, Britt can't. You know, you know, just 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 logical science. That's just how I it works. See, I see what you're saying now. Kill him, okay. kill, kill him with COVID. Yep, I'm picking up what you're putting down. It also, um, I, I love the fact that that Shanna's using. Um, uh, her her outfit is is Goku. Big big props for that. <laughs> I actually watched her on Dark on Tuesday, uh, and I've seen her ma- wrestle before. I don't know what it is about her, but she's she's fun to watch. And I can see that, yeah, yeah, she's fun to watch, and she's definitely not hard on the eyes either. So. You know, so would be fun to watch. Who's going to be fun to watch next week when it's Thunder Rosa taking on Brett Breaker? Oh, yes, our lady, my lady, Mia <laughs> our, our our lady Thunder Goddess. Yes, um, you know what I'm also excited for, which will eventually end up happening. What MJF and same Samuel Guevara. That little backstage thing that they had. Some shit's going to happen, and it's not going to end well for Sammy, but I'm excited to see how it goes down. Because, like we've talked before, I think this is the beginning of the end for Sammy being in the inner circle, 
And then I think that'll cause Jericho to have some questions. And then I think that's when they'll kick Jericho out as well. And then the inner circle will go forward without him. It'll be the inner circle. And then Jericho will start the outer circle. That's right. Because we got to have faction wars because that's how this shit works. So, yes, the inner circle and the outer circle will go to war. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I need to text, Jer- text Jericho. I need to. We need to tweet that to Jericho. <laughs> I'm like, wait, do you have his number? <laughs> you son of a bitch, you're holding out on me. <laughs> I'm going to tweet that in the coming weeks to oh, Jericho. God. Be like, if Jericho ever gets kicked out of the inner circle, he needs to start a faction called the Outer Circle. Yes. And if that becomes a thing, Scott. We're not going to get any royalties for this. You know this, I don't right? care. I don't care. <laughs> you and I can say that we have helped push AEW television. It's true. We'll always have that, Sam. We will. So following that, um, we have the main event. The Dark Order took it. Take it on the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. This was cool. Um, especially prior when you had, you know, the, now you're starting to see the heat between Kenny and the Bucks. Yeah, and, and Don, what the hell was on his face? I know, right? <laughs> Talk about overkill. I mean, Jesus Christ. And just, yeah, the whole split that's upcoming with the Bucks. And I honestly did not expect the Bucks to work as well with the Good Brothers as they did. I'm also sad to see the Dark Order take their first loss since Brody has passed. I knew it was going to happen eventually, but it was sad to see it happen. But it's cool to see him in the in the main event at the uh, the forefront of this all. That is very true. And also, big props to John Silver for wanting himself a whole lot of the BLG. I thought that was outstanding. And, of course, now that you've mentioned his height, all I can think about, Sam, is that when I watched John Silver wrestle, I thought of you. I'm like, look, it's Sam wrestling because they're the same height. Oh, you, you, you've you stolen my heart. You've stolen my heart, Scott. <laughs> Overall, AEW was great. Had a lot of fun watching this one. It was. I um, agree. You know, I think oh. we, we have a lot of things going on. Yes. A lot of stories that are – I almost feel like a lot of things that are at the beginning more than anything. Mm. Um. I particularly enjoyed the ending after this match ended with Ray Phoenix coming out to, to attack the good brothers. And then Moxley just like appears out of thin air and Omega Omega comes running down the ramp with his shoe. And then he literally just walks right into a paradigm shift. And I was just like, and the best thing, Kenny sells it perfectly. He just lays there. Eyes closed, and it's just like I'm dead. Just, just look at me. I'm dead. <laughs> it I was how they, so great. There, yeah, no, he like what he did. Like it was like a full headstand, and he like sat there for a couple seconds and dropped. Yep, and then he just he just took a nap. Just like, yeah, we're just gonna sit here and wait. Until I love how they still Moxley look like a monster right now. Right, and honestly, if you think about it, Kenny did steal the title with quotations. Because of Don Callis. So, in a way, Mox shouldn't look weak. So, this is a perfect way for him to do it. But when it comes to 
when it comes to that match next week, I don't know who to pick for that. No, good thing we're not doing picks because I think you and I would both lose. Pretty much, because that's that's how we roll here at you know at the media. We get all of our picks wrong. <laughs> yep. If if you want, if if people want to do sh- uh, what are they called? Uh, short sellouts. Yeah. Definitely do so when we do our picks. Because we're guaranteed to gain, you know, to sell things back at a lower price. <laughs> I love how you brought that back. Oh, that's so good. But talking about short things, or I should say not short things, this podcast length definitely is not short. So let's get to our last topic of the evening, our Royal Rumble picks. Ladies and gentlemen, Sunday, January 31st. It's it is undeniably the best pay-per-view of the year. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, the Royal Rumble uh, we'll go through this card really quickly. Scott and I, seeing that there's still a, um, a bid, 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 I was a, I was trying to say SmackDown, but Friday was in the way. I was thinking Friday, and I'm like, I'm thinking Friday and SmackDown, and I'm like, this is not computing. What am I trying to say? Frackdown. Uh, Frackdown. Um, so you still have a SmackDown to go prior to this. We're only going to focus on the Rumbles, just in case there are things that happen on these matches. Scott, on Sunday, we'll tweet both of our picks. Yep. Um, we will let you know, uh, you know, you know, probably big chance that I might win this. And I only say that Scott, because the last time you and I did a WWE pay-per-view where I don't watch the content. Wow. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it, Sam. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm still bitter at the fact that I sat and I watched. Raw and SmackDown every single week, and I think I have a great grasp on how these storylines are going to go. But no, Sam over there, who doesn't have a chance to watch either show, goes, I'm going to pick these people to win. And I'm like, this posh, this is terrible choices, sir. I'm going to pick these because clearly these people are going to win. And oh, wait, guess what? I'm wrong. And Sam's right. I hate my life when it comes to this. God. That might be the funniest pay-per-view picks we've ever done. Oh, my God. Uh, What was that? Was that Survivor Series? It was Survivor Series. That was the last one we did together. Because we only do the big four together. Because otherwise, oh, yeah, the big five. We would be going to add money in the bank. But yeah, I mean, I oh, I was I was so distraught <laughs> after that pay per view was over. Yeah, it was. I that that's something that blows my mind. I thought I was tanking that. No, I don't care what picks I had. I'm like, oh, I'm totally losing this. Oh, <sighs> so just just to kick it off, at the moment we have Oscar and Charlotte Flair taking on Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler for the women's tag team championships. Drew McIntyre taking on Goldberg. I wonder who's gonna win that one. Roman Reigns taking on Kevin Owens for the Universal Championship. I almost have a feeling I know who's gonna win that one. Um, and then both Rumbles. You know what, Scott? I I don't even think looking at the two men's championship matches. I think you already know who I'm gonna pick for those two. So you can yep. just check those boxes off. Yeah, pretty um, much. <laughs> But we're going to focus on the men's and the women's Royal Rumbles. And as of right now, there's only 17 of 13 entrants, which I like. Because I like when there's less entrants announced. Correct. 
I know a lot of people were getting a little pissy about how everybody would declare for the for the Royal Rumble. Well, people have been declaring for the Rumble for a while. Yes, I know. Normally, they used to do qualifying matches and whatnot. I prefer when they do that as well because I like the fact that you kind of make you feel like you've earned your way into the Rumble. But I think AJ actually during an episode of I believe I think he's what show is he on? <laughs> I don't remember. Um, on SmackDown and he oh no he's on Raw now. I keep forgetting he keeps shuffling. So on an episode of Raw where he's explaining to I believe it was Drew Gulak who had challenged him um, because Drew wanted to declare himself for the Rumble and Adam Pearce was like well. We can't. We only have so many slots. You can't, you know, just declare. And he's like, well, AJ declares. Why can AJ do it? AJ, like, rattled off, like, his entire, like, resume of what he's done in WWE in, you know, only, what, five years? <laughs> he's like, I've earned this, so I can declare if I want to. I'm like, oh, okay. So we're using credentials now. So, okay, that makes sense, I guess. But... <clears throat> For this men's rumble, I believe the nine or the, the ten people that are there are pretty much the majority of as you said it was what, thirteen out of like you just said it and I completely just thirteen out of thirty. Yeah, thirteen out of thirty. So I'm pretty sure knock on wood, we might get some NXT call ups. I'm hoping. We generally do. Right, but with COVID, who knows? That's the thing I'm a little worried about. I don't oh, know yeah, because they said that. Granted, I mean, who, do you just get random people involved then? You could get random people from Raw and SmackDown in there. I mean, it, it would be a little upsetting because it's nice to get somebody in. Obviously, also watching this without any fans is going to be a. It's going to be weird. Not going to lie. And I don't care how much noise they want to pump into the building it's not the same they keep Nothing's showing be as loud as the people counting down exactly well, that too number one number two actual legitimate pops like i will i honestly edges return last year will always and forever the rest of my life will stick with me because the emotion that the people had, like I was almost in tears myself watching that happen. I know we were all talking and that was actually really fun too. being able to converse with all of you guys at the same time while watching this. Like I was, I was happy because he was back. I was even more happy for Mark because edges has been his favorite wrestler since before edge was cool. Like, like when he first like showed up, Mark was like, I like this guy. I'm going to, I'm going to go with him. And so I was happy for him. I'm happy for Edge. Happy for myself. And it was just like, like the raw emotion. And like you saw Edge when he came out. Like he looked, he looked like he was on the verge of tears because I think he was even taken aback by how how excited people were for being able to see him for the first time in nine years. It's like it, it's it's surreal, and it's it's just if we have a big return this year, I don't think it's going to have the same. You know, it's not going to have any of the same, like, excitement because there are literally no fans there. It's not like NXT where they do have the friends and family and, you know, some of the mega fans that are there. There's nobody. It's just the screen and the fake pumped in noise. So it's kind of it's kind of sad. So hopefully they're able to do something to spruce up the, you know, the, the show. 
yeah, we'll uh, <clears throat> I'll be interested. Maybe we'll see like Samoa Joe return to the ring or something like that. You know, I would love that. That would be great. Um, hopefully, he's close to being cleared if he's not already. Um, I mean, I've really enjoyed him on commentary on Raw. It's been great to listen, but yeah, he deserves to be back in the ring. So let's let's talk about this. All right, so we'll start with the men's. Let's do this. Let's let's first shits and giggles. Okay. Because we've been we've been we've been very uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, lenient with every other pay per view <laughs> in terms yeah. of battle royale. True. Let's do let's do two a piece. Two a piece. Okay. All right. Um, All right. For the we'll, oh, go ahead. No, let's let's let. You know what? I'm not even going to ask who you think is going to show up because there's so much involved right now with what's going on in the world. We won't. I won't even have. Let's not even guess any um, potential surprises. Surprises. I want to, but I don't want to like. Let's. I say let's pick two, and we can even guess people who might be in from the roster. Okay. All right. Um, mine. For the men's, I'll actually already go with two that are already on the list that have declared. I am going to go with Big E, who is the current Intercontinental Champion, or Cesaro. Cesaro's been getting a mega push, as well as Shinsuke Nakamura, who I would put as my sleeper third pick. But we only have two, so I'm going to go with Big E and Cesaro. Those are going to be my two. Interesting, interesting. Okay, well, um, I want to look at something. Just bear with me, Scott. Please bear sure. with me. Absolutely. I have a theory that's not Austin theory. <laughs> but that is the way. That is the way. Okay, okay, looking good so far, Sam. Looking good, looking good, looking good. So, Ooh, so hold hold a second, hold a second. Okay, okay. Sorry, I'm 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 like I think I have something that might actually be legitimate. <laughs> Mister, I don't watch the product, but I'm gonna come up with this guess that's gonna win, and then you're gonna hear you're gonna hear me explode from Vermont. <laughs> okay, I almost had it. I almost had it, Scott. <laughs> so I was gonna say one of mine for the men's would be AJ Styles. Okay. My argument is there. I think I know he said that after this contract's over, he's done with his career. Um, I don't know where he's been on the main roster. But if this is going to be towards the end of his year, uh, his tenure in WWE, you know, I mean, I don't even know when his contract is actually up. I, I believe it might be either this year or next. So he does not have much time left um, when it comes to his contract. And now that you mentioned that, that actually does make a lot of sense. Um, he has been – some of his promos, he has talked about how he hasn't won the Rumble, so he wants to win that before he's done. Um, and right now he has the giant almost with him. So that that is a, that is a good pick, sir. That is a good pick. Um, it says in 2019 he signed a five-year contract for 19. Oh, oh, okay. So now he's got a few years. 23, 24. I mean, <clears throat> I'm gonna pick him because I have a feeling there's something 
there's a lot of people who can go their careers without winning. Right. And I feel like it would rob AJ Styles' career if he doesn't win the Rumble once. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. And the fact that he still has multiple years left, that's that's great to know because he definitely has been one of the shining points. Um, actually, the last three weeks, he's been Royal Rumble dream killer. Um, he's faced three different people who wanted to declare for the Rumble. And AJ's like, well, fine, beat me and you, you know, you'll get a sh-. And uh, Adam Pearce said, yeah, beat AJ Styles and you'll get, you'll get interest into the Rumble. And AJ's had... Phenomenal matches with all of them, including one with Ricochet that was amazing. Obviously, we all know how great Ricochet is and how terribly booked he is on Raw. Well, you wouldn't know because you don't watch the product, but that's beside the point. I know enough, Scott. <laughs> Scott, I know. I, I yeah, know. I know you do, Sam. We know this because you always get this goddamn picks right. <laughs> uh, Ricochet is Ricochet is it's it's practically rape what they've done to that man's career. So bad, and the fact that he is not in this Royal Rumble blows my mind. Well, let's just move forward. Let's just move forward, Scott. Yes. Um, and I think I might agree with you because I've been seeing a lot about Biggie, and I have a strong feeling that I'm, Biggie I'm is getting a. Uh... Imagine Biggie coming back to SmackDown to face Roman Reigns. At WrestleMania, he'd be coming back and joining, rejoining his New Day brethren, and we could have ourselves a Biggie Mania. Yeah, I'm something, Scott. Right? I mean, if Rocky's not going to be available this year, from what I've from what I've seen with the WrestleMania being laid out for the next three years. WrestleMania 39 in Hollywood might be the year we get Roman Reigns versus The Rock. And if that's how they're going to do it, then then this is the year that Big E wins in Tampa Bay. Also, the fact that they're actually going to be having tickets for WrestleMania available to the public, I believe it's 25% capacity of Raymond James Stadium, now gives us faint hopes of being able to go back to WrestleMania. Sam. Sam. We might be able to go to Mania this year. (sighs) All right. So we match on the Big E. I go with Cesaro. You go with AJ. Both. I would say all three of those picks, real good. Now, ladies' side... That gets a little interesting. Okay, Scott. Let's let's discuss this. <clears throat> now, have you seen anything that Alexa Bliss has been doing lately? Yes, I have. Okay. Well, I would say right now that the stuff that she's doing with Orton has been the only bright spot of Raw. <laughs> Some people may disagree with me on that. But the acting skills that Alexa Bliss has de- either developed or has really just come into her own has just been outstanding. And I know she had a title shot this past Raw. She didn't win because of Orton. That's beside the point. For me, Alexa Bliss is one of my two. 
for the rumble for the for the women. The other one. The other one, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here. Don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. Liv Morgan. Real sleeper pick. Okay. Okay, why why Liv? I'm kind of curious. Her and Ruby... Now that they're back together as the Riot Squad again, they seem to be on the cusp of, of, of greatness. Um, they've been doing stuff with um, Billy Kay lately um, until this past week. Uh, Billy Kay also would be another interesting pick, but I don't think that'll happen either. But I don't know. Like I feel like it's Liv's time. And as much as I love Ruby Riot, I think Liv would the more would come from Liv winning the Rumble. She doesn't have to win at Mania, but her just winning the Rumble, I think, would do wonders for her career. I don't know. Like I said, it's just a sleeper pick. So, because I mean, obviously, like you could look at Nia, you could look at Shayna, but I think those two are going to eliminate one another, and then they'll start their own little feud going forward. It's funny you mention that because I'll go with Alexa Bliss with you on that one. Okay. Because it makes a lot of sense. Usually, <clears throat> And again, being somebody who's watching from the outside, I think I see more about Alexa Bliss and Big E than anything else on the social media stuff. Right. That being said, I would argue that Shayna has a chance to win. And again, this is coming from somebody who doesn't watch. But I would say Shayna, and I actually saw a video that kind of sway that that helped me sway my persuasion. And it had to do with last year's Rumble winner, where you know the first two Rumbles were exciting for the women mm-hmm. because the first one you had, you know, Oscar won, and then the what? next year was um, Becky Lynch won, mm-hmm. and then Charlotte won the last one, and it was kind of like oh there was. And I think I said it to you when we talked about this. What does Charlotte win in the Rumble help her do? I think it helped NXT a little bit more than it did her personally. Yeah, um, but like, you know, Shayna... Shayna is a... She doesn't have to win the women's title. She can go against... Shayna seems like an actual talent I would want to win the Rumble. For some reason, it makes sense to me. It, it, another person, um, and I'm ashamed of myself for missing this name, I'm still going to go with Liv, but watch out for Bianca Belair. Oh, yeah. She, uh, I think, tied the record with, I believe, Shayna for the most eliminations in the Women's Royal Rumble last year. I believe it was eight. Um, so I think Bianca will have another monster year. She may even take this. Um, so I will gladly take the L on that for, for Bianca winning it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if we're if we're going to do this, Sam, and might, add, might as well add a third pick to each. I already said Shinsuke for the men's. My sleeper dark horse pick will be Bianca Belair for the women's. <laughs> Just to further cover ourselves. <laughs> because, you know, there are 30 people 
So we should have three picks, one out of ten, you know? Just trying to, you know, work this up, Sam. <laughs> you know, that one I can't even argue. I can't argue with that either because I, I did see the video of Bianca. I don't know what the hell she was training for. <laughs> well, she, they, they did a lot of EST stuff because, you know, that was her that was her stick in NXT. You know, she's the EST of NXT now. She's the EST of WWE. So I think she was, yeah, she did a whole bunch of, uh, like, ones, the smartest, the fastest, the strongest, and stuff like that. So that was probably one of the videos that you saw. Um, but, yeah. So that would be that would be my sleeper third pick. But I don't know if you want to add one for the men's or the women's. Um, are we going sleeper picks like that? I am going to choose... Fuck, I'll say Sami Zayn. You know, somebody else who there can you be go. There we go. I know somebody else who's been pretty vocal about things. So okay. um It's a good pick. You know, uh, I mean with everything that he's been doing the past like month, a uh, year, you know, everything I've seen, uh, just imagine. I mean, I've always been a fan of Sami Zayn ever since I got back into wrestling, so but Ladies and gentlemen, those are our picks this Sunday. Hope you guys are watching. We'll be watching. We'll be live tweeting. Scott and I will be bickering like old people, trying to figure out who's going, who who made the wrong choices. Probably. But as always, if you don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore Bedlam. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Bedlam Media. You can find myself as Sam the SOB Official and Scott as Scotty J Stream on Twitter. We are on all streaming platforms minus Pandora. If there's a streaming platform that you cannot find us on, please let us know. And we can add ourselves to it. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been the Royal Rumble Go Home Show. Thank you for listening, and do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.